Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
as it is in of praise. Object of their scorn, 
He never spoke a word to them, the silent Lamb of God. This man of sorrow bore the cross, he chose to carry on. But somehow in his eyes I saw a love beyond the pain, as if he knew his sacrifice and loss would be my gain.
your soul been filled with light, partaken of the Spirit's might, the power of the coming age, and heaven's gift in holy page. Then why put Christ to open shame, and fearing fail to speak his name? Why take the nail and hammer then, to crucify the Son again? Was not good seed sowed on the plain, has not the sky poured forth the rain? Then whence are thorns and thistles sprung that choke the word and block the sun? Bring forth a yield of better things and reap the peace of brings their fruit for him who tilled the soil will not forget your love and toil give diligence until you see your hope fulfilled in victory like those whose patient faith endured are heirs of promises assured. name above all others your power is strong enough to save your glory is brighter than my eyes can see and you're the one who's living in me Jesus name above all others your power strong enough to save your glory is brighter than my eyes can see and you're the one who's living in me and i get to talk to the one who filled the oceans and i get to walk with the one who died for me lord your living in me greater there is no one like you deeper your love it rescued me you're worthy of every song that we could sing and you're the one who's living in me and I get to talk to the I get to walk with the one who died for me. 
Captives free, raise the dead and cause the blind to see. And you're the one who's living in me. And you're the one who walked on the water. And you're the one who set the captives free. Raise the dead and cause the blind to see, and you're the one who's living in me, and I get to talk to the one who filled the oceans, and I get to walk with the one who died for me, Lord, you're holy, holy, it amazes me that you're the trouble and strife, I've a glorious hope to get cheer on the way, soon my toil will be o'er, and I'll rest on that shore, where the night has been turned into day, up in that beautiful paradise valley by the side of the river of life, up in that valley, the wonderful valley will be free from all pain and all strife. The sweet flowers that grow in the dale A faint picture is there Of a land bright and fair Where perennial flowers never fail Up in the beautiful paradise valley By the side of the river of love Up in the valley The wonderful valley will be free From all pain and all strife There we shall live in To compare with the flowers that bloom in the garden above, in the midst of it grows Sharon's perfect sweet rose. Tis a wonderful flower we love. Up in, Up in that beautiful paradise valley by the side of the river, a river of life. Up in that valley, the wonderful valley will be free from all pain and all strife. Shade of the evergreen tree, how I long for the paradise, paradise valley where the beer. 
Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise.
judgment comes For by one man who sinned Death entered in the world But God so loved the world He gave to us His only Son The sacrifice to pay And death to overcome been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet and positive relationships with other people to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie, and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing Chapter 27, Liquor Traffic and Prohibition. 
Subheading, the responsibility of the church. The liquor interest is a power in the world. It has on its side the combined strength of money, habit, appetite. Its power is felt even in the church. Men whose money has been made directly or indirectly in the liquor traffic are members of churches in good and regular standing. Many of them give liberally to popular charities. Their contributions help to support the enterprises of the church and to sustain its ministers. They command the consideration shown to the money power. Churches that accept such members are virtually sustaining the liquor traffic. Too often the minister has not the courage to stand for the right. He does not declare to his people what God has said concerning the work of the liquor seller. To speak plainly would mean the offending of his congregation, the sacrifice of his popularity, the loss of his salary. But above the tribunal of the church is the tribunal of God. He who declared to the first murderer, The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Genesis 4.10 Will not accept for his altar the gifts of the liquor dealer. His anger is kindled against those who attempt to cover their guilt with a cloak of liberality. Their money is stained with blood. A curse is upon it. In Isaiah 1.11-15, it says, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand, to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblation. When you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yes, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. The drunkard is capable of better things. He has been entrusted with talents with which to honour God and bless the world. But his fellow man has laid a snare for his soul and built themselves up by his degradation. They have lived in luxury, while the poor victims whom they have robbed live in poverty and wretchedness. But God will require from this at the hand of him who has helped to speed the drunkard on to ruin. He who rules in the heavens has not lost sight of the first cause or the last effect of drunkenness. He who has a care for the sparrow and clothes the grass of the field will not pass by those who have been formed into his own image, purchased with his own blood, and pay no heed to their cries. God marks all this wickedness that perpetuates crime and misery. The world and the church may have approval for the man who has gained wealth by degrading the human soul. They may smile upon him by whom men are led down step by step in the path of shame and degradation. But God notes it all and renders a just judgment. The liquor seller may be termed by the world a good businessman. But the Lord says... Woe unto him. He will be charged with the hopelessness, the misery, the suffering, brought into the world 
by the liquor traffic. He will have to answer for the want and woe of the mothers and children who have suffered for food and clothing and shelter and who have buried all hope and joy. He will have to answer for the souls he has sent unprepared into eternity. And those who sustain the liquor seller in his work are sharers in his guilt. To them God says, Your hands are full of blood. Subheading, License Laws The licensing of the liquor traffic is advocated by many as tending to restrict the drink evil. But the licensing of the traffic places it under the protection of the law. The government sanctions its existence and thus fosters the evil which it professes to restrict. Under the protection of license laws, breweries, distilleries and wineries are planted all over the land. And the liquor seller plies his work beside our very doors. Often he is forbidden to sell intoxicants to one who is drunk or who is known to be a confirmed drunkard. But the work of making drunkards of the youth goes steadily forward. Upon the creating of the liquor appetite in the youth, the very life of the traffic depends. The youth are led on step by step until the liquor habit is established and the thirst is created. That at any cost demands satisfaction. Less harmful would it be to grant liquor to the confirmed drunkard, whose ruin in most cases is already determined, than to permit the flower of our youth to be lured to destruction through this terrible habit. By the licensing of the liquor traffic, temptation is kept constantly before those who are trying to reform. Institutions have been established where the victims of intemperance may be helped to overcome their appetite. This is a noble work. But so long as the sale of liquor is sanctioned by law, the intemperate receive little benefit from inebriate asylums. They cannot remain there always. They must again take their place in society. The appetite for intoxicating drink, though subdued, is not wholly destroyed. And when temptations assails them, as it does on every hand, they too often fall an easy prey. The man who has a vicious beast and who, knowing its disposition, allows it liberty, is by the laws of the land held accountable for the evil the beast may do. In the laws given to Israel, the Lord directed that when a beast or animal known to be vicious caused the death of a human being, the life of the owner should pay the price for his carelessness or malignity. On the same principle, the government that licenses the liquor seller should be held responsible for the results of his traffic. And if it is a crime worthy of death to give liberty to a vicious beast, how much greater is the crime of sanctioning the work of the liquor seller? Licenses are granted on the plea they bring a revenue to the public treasury. But what is this revenue when compared with the enormous expense incurred for the criminal's 
the insane, the paupers, that are the fruit of the liquor traffic. A man under the influence of liquor commits a crime. He is brought into the court, and those who legalise the traffic are forced to deal with the result of their own work. They authorise the sale of a draft that would make a sane man mad, and now it is necessary for them to send the man to prison or to the gallows, while often his wife and children are left destitute to become the charge of the community in which they live. Considering only the financial aspect of the question, what folly it is to tolerate such a business. But what revenue can compensate for the loss of human reason, for the defacing and deforming of the image of God in man, for the ruin of children, reduced to pauperism and degradation, to perpetuate in their children the evil tendencies of their drunken fathers? Subheading Prohibition. The man who has formed the habit of using intoxicants is in a desperate situation. His brain is diseased. His willpower is weakened. So far as any power in himself is concerned, his appetite is uncontrollable. He cannot be reasoned with or persuaded to deny himself. Drawn into the dens of vice, one who has resolved to quit drink is led to seize the glass again, and with the first taste of the intoxicant, every good resolution is overpowered, every vestige of will destroyed. One taste of the maddening draught and all thought of its results has vanished. The heartbroken wife is forgotten. The debauched father no longer cares that his children are hungry and naked, by legalising the traffic, the law gives its sanction to this downfall of the soul and refuses to stop the trade that fills the world with evil. Must this always continue? Will souls always have to struggle for victory with the door of temptation wide open before them? Must the curse of intemperance forever rest like a blight upon the civilised world? Must it continue to sweep every year like a devouring fire over thousands of happy homes? When a ship is wrecked in sight of the shore, people do not idly look on. They risk their lives in the effort to rescue men and women from a watery grave. How much greater the demand for effort in rescuing them from the drunkard's fate? It is not the drunkard and his family alone who are imperiled by the work of the liquor seller, nor is it the burden of taxation, the chief evil, which his traffic brings on the community. We are all woven together in the web of humanity. The evil that befalls any part of the great human brotherhood brings peril to all. Many a man through love of gain or ease, would have nothing to do with restricting the liquor traffic, has found too late that the traffic had to do with him. He has seen his own children besotted and ruined. Lawlessness runs riot. Property is in danger. Life is unsafe. 
accidents by sea and by land multiply. Diseases that breed in the haunts of filth and wretchedness make their way to lordly and luxurious homes. Vices fostered by the children of debauchery and crime infect the sons and daughters of refined and cultured households. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing, here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. There are quite a few psalms in that book that are less than 10 verses. Here is another one, it is Psalm 112. And the theme of this psalm is, How blessed are the righteous! Hallelujah! Happy are those who hold the Lord in awe, whose law is their supreme delight. Such a person will have many and mighty children. Each generation of God's people will prosper. He will flourish in his business and become wealthy, and his righteous life will be a lesson to all. The upright man will have light amid the darkness. He is a gracious person, is kind, and is an example to all. A man of noble character thinks of others in the conduct of his affairs. He will be circumspect and consider the outcome of his actions. He will never be convinced to abandon an honourable cause. Indeed, the righteous man will long be remembered after he goes to his rest. He will not become fearful when he receives disturbing news because his mind is stable as he rests in the Lord. He has confidence in God, so he will not become anxious and he pursues his plans against his enemies until he sees them accomplished. He has given help to people near and far as he aids the poor and the needy. The good things he has done will last. His example will be admired by many people. The wicked, though, will observe such a life and be full of regrets. They will gnash their teeth in utter frustration. The plans of the wicked man shall come to nothing. <laughs> 